question for you is how do you get people's attention? Do you, do you resort to things like this where you are just you know, wearing something that's bright, that's blinky? Uh, what, what are the things in this world maybe that you see all around you that grab your attention? Right? That what are the things that you're walking around and, and, and if you're anything like me, it's like, ooh, squirrel, right? You know, you're a bright, shiny object. Oh, I want to, I, I'm just easily distracted and it doesn't take a lot to get my attention. But, and I'm going to take this off before I go crazy as well. Um, here's the problem. I have no idea how to turn these off. Whoa. Will is in the upside down. Only people who've ever seen Stranger Things know that. Um, yeah, whatever. This is too much fun now. Here, you turn them off. <laughs> You know, I was thinking, though, the things that get our attention, it's just crazy. Like, for me, things like if you're driving down Polaris and the Krispy Kreme, uh, we have a hot donuts sign comes on. Does that get your attention? It gets mine, okay? That, that's something that I, I see all the time. Um, maybe, I don't know, this morning I was uh, driving in and there were sirens that came barreling down the street. That got my attention, right? It got me out of the way, uh, but it got my attention. Uh, a, a baby's cry. Right? That, that'll get your attention, especially if you're a mom, uh, especially if your baby is the one crying. But yeah, uh, th those are things that get your attention. And I, I was just thinking, you know, this, as we start Advent, as we start this season of preparing for Christmas and leading up to Christmas, I, I just started realizing that, you know, God did a whole lot to get people's attention in the first century when, when Jesus was coming. See, it doesn't, I, this morning I went trying to get, and it finally just did. Maybe it got tired of me. I don't know. Um, he did a lot to get people's attention. I mean, think about some of the things in Luke chapter two, we read how, you know, that the, the shepherds, right? What was it say? Uh, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared. That would get my attention. And it wasn't just one angel, because then it says after he said, you know, behold, the Messiah has come, et cetera, and so forth, and, and you will find him, and here's how you'll know it. And then it says a whole host of angels showed up on this little Galilean hillside, and, and it blew him away. I guess technically a Judean hillside, because they were outside of Jerusalem. And they went to see this, a wonder, this thing that they saw. They had to figure it out. Um, th then you've got the Magi right? The wise men, a star got their attention. And they literally followed it probably for months on end because the star was different and it got their attention and they couldn't help but see it and to look at it and to say, this means something. And they followed it until they found the king and they worshiped him. Mary had an angel visit her, right? And in, in Luke, we, we read about that where in Luke chapter 1, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he says, Behold, you're going to have a baby. Got our attention because they weren't married yet. They were engaged, and that would have been quite the slanderous thing. And Joseph, God got his attention 
in a dream told him, don't, don't put her away. Don't, don't, don't embarrass don't, Just stay with her. This is me at work. So all through the Christmas narrative, right? All through the Advent story, we see over and over where God is trying to get people's attention because he has a message. And so I was thinking, you know, we, we need to begin asking ourselves now, 2,000 years later, how is God getting our attention when it comes to Christmas? When it comes to the the Christmas story, the, the good news of Christmas. Is there anything going on that, that gets your attention? That says that this, this is a message from God. You know, it's, Christmas is more than just a nice story, right? I mean, it is a nice story, don't get me wrong, but it's more than that. It's, it's, it's the accounting of how God started the last chapter of his story of bringing himself back into relationship with humanity. It's, it's his story of, of how he is reconciling himself to people like you and me. It, it's, it's the beginning of the last part of the story of how God is using Israel to complete his plan of reconciliation for the world. And he, and he wants to let people know about that. See, he wanted Israel to be a nation of priests and kings who would demonstrate to the world and invite the world into a relationship with him where they, the world would understand who God was as their creator, as the one who had life for them, who gave life to them, who called them into a life that was more than simply existing, but a life that did exactly what he created them to do to care for this world, to, to be his representative in this world. Not like Adam and Eve to try to take over as gods, but instead to be God's representative and to care for this world and to be in a beautiful, perfect relationship with God. And Advent is the story of how God wrote the final chapter of that, where he sent his son to do what needed to be done. And so, a couple of quick questions this morning that we have to ask ourselves. You know, first of all, we have to ask ourselves, what is the good news of Christmas? And then we have to say, well, if that's true, then how is God telling that good news in the world today? Or is he? Has his voice been overrun by everything else that's going on? And is it lost in the din of noise around us? So first of all, what is the good news of Christmas? And like I said, it's very simple. It's the, the first step in God completing his plan, his story of redemption for the world. It's, it's him completing his story of Israel in Jesus. See, Jesus was the, the, the finishing of Israel's story. He became the, the perfect Israelite who did what God had called Israel to do, to represent to the world what God really was about, to, to reconnect the world with God. And because Israel hadn't done it, and honestly, you know, from the beginning, humanity had not done well in this. That's why we have the early story of Adam and Eve. And, and they were created to be, the word is icons of God, representatives of God to creation so that they could be, right, God 
to creation. They, they could represent God to the world around them. They, they could say, we are going to speak on behalf of God and provide love and grace and order in the midst of this world. And that's why he gave them a garden to tend, to care for, right? That, that's the role of humanity is to, to be perfectly connected with God so that they can be caretakers of this world and they can share exactly with the message of God to the world. But then, of course, Adam and Eve messed that up. They instead decided to usurp God's power and say, no, no, I want to try to be God. I don't want to represent him. I want to be the top dog. And so they rebelled and they broke that relationship. And in the process, all of creation was affected. And so from that point forward, God began this process of saying, I'm going to redeem this situation. I'm going to make it right. I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to justify humanity to myself so that they can again be what I called them to be. They can be in relationship with me. And he starts with calling a guy named Abraham. And he says, I'm going to give you a child. And, and, and that child is going to be the beginning of this great nation. And this nation is going to fulfill uh, what I'm asking of humanity. This nation is going to represent me to the people of this world and, and they are going to be a blessing to these people because they are going to provide a way back to me. And, and so he calls them and then Abraham and, and, and then of course we know Abraham does have a child and then that kid has kids and so forth and so on and all of a sudden there's this group of people and they're starving because there's a famine and they end up down in Egypt because that's where the food is and, and they reconnect with the brother that they had thrown out and they stay there where they're cared for and they grow and they multiply. And over a generation, the whole family becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until it's, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 strong. And the Egyptians, the pharaohs, who doesn't know Joseph, the one who originally was there, says, we need to enslave them or they will take over. And so there's 400 years of enslavement. But then God calls a man named Moses to come and to call them out and to lead them to freedom. And he does that. And then there's, you know, Samuel who, who guides the people through a tumultuous time who they then call for a king. And so there's kings and, and, and you've got these priests and you've got these kings and their role is to, to represent God to the people and the people to God. And, and yet they still keep failing in what it is to, to actually take God to the world because they just can't do it because they're human and they can't get it done. And God says, out of this people, I will send my own son to complete what humanity can't complete. I will send him. And that's where Christmas starts. See, the good news of Christmas is the fact that God said, you can't do it, so I will step in. I'm not going to leave you flailing. I'm not going to leave you out there just dangling. I'm going to send my son so that he can be everything you can't be so that you can be reconnected to me. And then you can understand what it is to be my representative to the world. And so Jesus came as a baby. Not the way everybody expected. Not, the, not in power, not in some huge, you know, lightning bolt or anything. like. He came as a little baby in a stable so that he could be with us, understand us, walk with us, be one of us. And then he could go forward and he could do more. 
because he could say, you know what, I, I want to I reconnect you with my father. And so he does. But here, here's the thing we have to understand. The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came to restore all of us. And telling the story of Jesus at Christmas, it's not just a pretty little story that's nice and everybody gets warm fuzzies and feels good about it. No, no. We tell the story of Jesus at Christmas and when we do, it summons those who hear it to confess Jesus as their Messiah and their Lord. There's no in-between. It's not, hey, I want to tell you about a cute baby and then it's over. And you can just say, oh yeah, I heard about that cute baby. That's really cool. No, no, no. When we talk about God becoming one of us, it's saying, I'm going to ask you to hear the story because at the end of the story, you need to understand that it's not just going to leave you there with, oh, that was really cute. Let's go get coffee. It leaves you with a decision of, I need to either say that that child who became Jesus, right, who died for us, and then rose again and leads the way into reconciling us to God. He is either my Lord and my Messiah, my ruler, or I'm going to reject him. Like, like, there's no other way to hear that story. I mean, you can hear it and you can hear that it's nice and pretty, but you're missing the point of the story if that's all that you get out of Christmas. It, it, it's not just a simple you know, guy in a red suit who is nice to kids and gives them things. That's nice, but that's not the announcement of the good news that Jesus brought at Christmas. Philippians 2 says that every tongue will confess, right? It says, therefore, God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, we all give gifts for each other? No. We all are really nice to each other? No. We all hug each No, it's at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Colossians 1 says, and he is the head of the body, he being Jesus, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul continues, he says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. It's not mine. It could be. You never know. Uh, that would be, I wouldn't be able to turn it off if it was mine. Um, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but it's Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. You see, we are proclaiming, when, when we talk about the story of Christmas, when we talk about Jesus, we're not just talking about this cool thing that makes us, you know, come together once a week and, and have a nice little fun time together. No, we're talking about God sending his own son to be the Lord of all. And we need to understand that. That's who we proclaim. The Messiah. That's what Christmas proclaims. And so the Advent narrative is more than just a quaint, cute story about a little girl, about a miraculous birth, about a baby in a manger. It's about everyone, you know, it's more than just being about everyone being a little nicer to each other this time of year, being a little more generous. 
It's the story of God stepping in to creation, to redeem creation, and to make it into what he intended it to be from the beginning, which is beautiful and perfect and amazing and glorious. It declares that amazing news that God's providing a king, someone in charge, who can identify with us. He's one of us, but he's also God. It screams over the den of our rebellion. Follow me instead. I will give you the best gift you could ever imagine. I will give you life, real life. So how is God telling that good news today? I mean, it's like a super moon this weekend, right? Uh, it's huge and all that stuff, and that's cool, but you know, I don't see it resting over a stable with a baby in it, right? Uh, it's, it's not quite that simple. I, I don't see angels you know, f- flitting around and singing and, and shepherds or people out and you know, coming in. And do, no, no, it's just not quite that clear, is it? God's not making announcements like that. God, God's not intervening like that. He's doing it in a thousand different ways. He's spreading his good news through each of us by the way we treat each other, by by the way we talk to each other, by by the way we share this story with each other, by by the way we, we care about each other. I mean, with every gift that you give and with every gift that you receive, you, you declare that God is a giver of things, that God is a giver of life, that God is a God of love who cares and loves to give to you. You, you, you receive gifts and, and you are grateful because it's more than just a simple gift. It's, it's reminding you that God loves you, <laughs> that God wants you to be connected with him. I mean, every ad that comes in the mail, right? Your, 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 every ad that comes in your email, it's been flooded over the last week and a half, at least mine has, with, with ads and, and specials and deals. And, and, and every time you go shopping and, and you buy something and, and you look around and you realize that there are sales on this and that and Black Friday deals that they extend for the whole month because they can and it gets your attention. We, we realize that God has given us a gift that we could never afford even if it was on clearance. Because it's a gift we couldn't do by ourselves. It was a gift of his own son, of himself. That's what Christmas is. It's declaring that. It's declaring that God gives because God loves. And so every time we give, every time we are generous, we are pointing to God. Every carol, every jingle bell reminds us that God is declaring his love for us. He's declaring his good news to us, in us, and then through us. Will you hear it this season? In all the little ways that God calls out to you, Will you respond to it if you hear it? Will it change you? Will it impact your life at all? Or will this just be another busy season that we try to get 200,000 things done in you know, two hours and 
try not to get stressed out and try not to yell at the kids too much and try not to kick the dog, uh, you know, when he pees on the tree. Uh, Instead, we we actually take the time to say, we are going to remember what really is going on when we celebrate this. Will you submit to Christ as your ruler? Not just the cute little baby in the manger, but as your Lord, as the one who directs your life, who, who gives you hope, who directs all of your, your actions and your thoughts and your words. Can you hear him? Today we're going to close by celebrating communion together. And communion is one of those ways that God declares the message of hope to all of us. It, it, it's one of those ways where on a regular basis we, we get to hear, we get to see, we, we get to visibly you know, take part in God's message to us, God's announcement of his grace. Because we take a little cracker and, and, and we take a little cup of grape juice and, and all of a sudden as we take it and we eat it and we drink it, it it's more than just a, a little piece of cracker and a little cup of grape juice. It's a reminder of what Jesus did for us, not just in coming, but also in dying and finishing that story of redemption, of salvation. And so I'm going to invite you um, to come and and to take communion. And and the way we do it here uh, is if you are a follower of Jesus, then you're welcome at this table. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a regular at this church. If you want to come and participate, you are invited and welcome uh, at at our table. There there are no outsiders here. Um, Thank you so much for being a part of our service this morning, of our worship together, being part of this community. Uh, It's such a wonderful community to be a part of because of you. And um, so now, uh, if you don't mind, would you stand for a benediction? I hope all of you will join us in the parade this afternoon. It'll be a lot of fun uh, and it'll be an opportunity to be God's message to this city and to represent to them this announcement of God's grace in a very visible way. And now, my brothers and my sisters, as Paul says in Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you, my friends, my family, may abound in hope. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you.